Our gospel reading this morning is from the 23rd chapter of St. Luke. Now, we are picking up in the middle of Jesus' journey to the cross. Two others also who were criminals were led away to be put to death with Jesus. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing, and the people stood by watching. But the leaders, they scoffed at him, saying, he saved others. Let, let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers, they also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you were the king of the Jews, save yourself. There's, there was also an inscription over him that read, this is the king of the Jews. Now, one of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, are you not the Messiah? Then save yourself and us too. But the other rebuked him, saying, do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we, we indeed have been condemned justly, for we're getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man, he has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'd like to say something that's terribly obvious. We are uh, here this morning in an online format because of the coronavirus, right? I mean, we can't escape that truth as much as we might like to. Without it, many of you would be right here with us in this very place, perhaps, or in your own congregations, enjoying just being in fellowship with one another. And rest assured, we look forward to that time again. I miss seeing your beautiful faces, quite honestly. But until then, be of good courage, because we'll get through this thing together. By the way, and this deserves uh, mentioning as well, we've made a very conscious decision uh, during these weeks of online worship, and that is to not spend all of our sermons, at least, preaching about the coronavirus. If you're like the rest of us, then you're sort of saturated by it all every other day of the week. So we've decided to keep our schedule of sermon themes. And during these five weeks of Lent, that means we're focusing on this idea of forgiveness, specifically forgiveness, the most beautiful word. So pray with me. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. November 14th, 1940. It's a date that you might not remember, uh, but it is certainly a date that the people of Coventry, England will remember forever. Coventry was an industrial town responsible for producing 25% of all of the English fighter planes during World War II, so naturally it was a target for the German Luftwaffe, their, their air force. And sure enough, on November 14th, two months after the Battle of London, 
515 German fighter planes bombarded the city, destroying factories and buildings and homes. By the morning of November 15th, 1,236 people had been killed, and the city's coveted 500-year-old cathedral lay in ruins. Now, in the midst of the rubble, the priest, Richard Howard was his name, found three large, very large roofing nails, interestingly enough, that, that actually um, had been forged in the Middle Ages in the original construction of this cathedral. He bound these nails with wire and formed them into a rather large cross that he placed then upon the altar. Then with his fingers on the smoke-blackened wall behind it, he wrote these words, Father, forgive. It's a beautiful story in and of itself, isn't it? But it certainly doesn't end there. You see, when the war was over, members of the church created several more of these crosses that they then presented to Lutheran churches in Kiel, in Dresden, and in Berlin, German cities that had also been destroyed, but they, of course, by allied bombing. Almost immediately, out of the ashes grew a trust and a partnership between Coventry and these German cities and congregations, a partnership that continues to this very day in what is called the community of the cross of nails. Why? Because forgiveness is the most beautiful of words. We've talked a lot about forgiveness during these Sundays of Lent. That's, again, been our sermon theme, but let's be brutally honest today. What about those times when forgiveness seems impossible, when the offender, by any reasonable assessment, doesn't deserve forgiveness, when, uh, when his or her acts are so offensive, so outrageous, so destructive? What then? which takes us to the Gospels, to today's Gospel reading. Jesus on the cross uttering these very familiar words, Father, forgive. By the way, a word about context, specifically Roman execution. Roman execution was bound in ritual. When a criminal was condemned to be crucified, he was taken from the judgment hall and placed uh, in, in, in a square that was reserved for the soldiers. The soldiers then, uh, he, the man was, was beaten, and, and, and then his own cross was placed upon his shoulders, and he was marched to the place of crucifixion by the longest route possible so that as many people as possible could see. Before him marched a soldier who carried a placard with his name and his crime inscribed upon it. Now, when the criminal reached the place of execution, the cross was then laid flat onto the, onto the ground, uh, sidebar, in Jerusalem, one of the locations of Roman executions, of course. In Jerusalem, there was a well-known uh, group of very pious women who, who would go to every single crucifixion, if you can believe that, and give the victims a drink of drugged wine, which might deaden his terrible pain. Now, that's a sermon all unto itself. Uh, what an incredibly selfless gift they were, they were offering. But back to the Roman ritual. 
The victim, who had now been marched to his place of execution, he was then stripped naked to maximize his humiliation. His arms were stretched out upon the crossbar, and nails were driven into his hands. The feet were normally not nailed, but they were loosely bound to the cross. Now, halfway up the cross was a small crossbar upon which the criminal could almost sit to relieve at least a little bit of the weight so that, well, the only reason was so that the nails would not immediately tear through his, his skin. Then the cross was lifted and it was placed into its station. The victim often hanging for days, dying uh, not because of nails but because of starvation or of thirst beneath the blazing sun. The inscription that was always placed above his head was the same placard that had been carried in procession on his march to the place of execution. Here's the point. After this carefully played out ritual, after the humiliation of being stripped naked, the the pain, the agony of knowing precisely what's going to happen next, the torture, the spectacle, after all of that, Jesus looked down upon those who had carried out the order, those who ridiculed his ministry, those who who were once his friends and followers but, but now had disappeared, it seemed. He looked deep into their hearts and souls and minds, and he said to them, Father, forgive, because they don't know what they're doing. St. Paul was teaching the Corinthians about how to be a Christian, and he said simply, imitate me as I imitate Christ. But when you think about this scene on the cross, man, that's tough. During this sermon series on forgiveness, I've had the chance to look at a number of um, secular books and articles about forgiveness. Some have been pretty good, some maybe not so much, but, but a general theme is this. When you forgive someone or you receive forgiveness, it makes you better. It's healing for your soul. It, 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 it helps to release burdens and hurts that have lived within you for way too long. It makes you stronger. And all of that is true, no doubt. All of it is, is good stuff, good advice, very important for each of us to know and to process. should never be underestimated. But this is interesting. Look again at the cross. Jesus did not forgive to make himself stronger. Jesus did not forgive to make himself a better man. Jesus did not forgive to bring healing to his soul. Jesus forgave because he knows that it's the only way we will survive. When we learn to forgive and reconcile, when we learn to love and to honor, not for the sake of self, but for the sake of the other, that's the only way we will survive in this world. Imitate me as I imitate Christ, Paul says. Forgive them, Jesus said. Forgive. What if Christians actually began to take the example of Christ seriously? In previous weeks, We've explored what forgiveness looks like, that 
for example, it requires intentionality on, on the part of the, of the forgiver and the one who needs to be forgiven. It requires us to be vulnerable and humble. Forgiveness may require turning the other cheek when retribution or revenge would normally feel so right. It, 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 it requires us to be uh, to honestly and vigorously examine our lives, to, to step away from pride and self-interest. It demands that we seek forgiveness rather than demand forgiveness. It reminds us to listen more than to speak. And that's true for all of us, right? I mean, if you think otherwise, then, then you're, you're not being very honest with yourself. But it's also true for the church, Philip Gully is a, is a Quaker minister, and he writes this about forgiveness. Quote, I have known Christians whose vocabulary for judgment was rich and full, but their dialect for reconciliation and forgiveness, limited. I couldn't agree more. Uh, that's true of conservative Christians who are morally rigid and liberal Christians who are quick to judge those with particular moral standards which is why this gospel is so critically important for us and why, quite honestly, we saved it for last. <laughs> On the cross, Jesus valued forgiveness over judgment, and we're called to do the same. Father, forgive. Why? Because our survival as a people depends on it. Our friend Mark Jacobson retired last year. Mark left medical school in the early 1980s and became a Lutheran missionary in Arusha, Tanzania. Since that time, he turned a, a drug dispensary into a full-fledged hospital he con and considered one of the finest hospitals in East Africa. Ten years or so ago, a second hospital was opened in downtown Arusha. Uh, both are served by indigenous staff and physicians, which is, of course, critically important. In the year 2000, Krista, my wife Krista and I had an opportunity to, to, uh, to go on early morning rounds with Mark to visit new patients who had been admitted the night before. Mark wanted to assess their situation, something he did every morning, of course, and, and he needed to sort of better understand their needs. But one question I found particularly fascinating, something he asked every one of them, he asked this, how are your relationships? I asked him afterwards about that question, and he laughed. He said this, I'd be, engaging in, I'd be engaging in malpractice if I didn't ask about something other than their physical health. You see, healthy relationships are just as important as healthy bodies. And suddenly, in that moment, Mark helped me to understand a core truth that, that to be healed was not only to be restored to health, but to be restored to family and friends, which was often the greater need. I don't recall Mark using the words forgiveness or reconciliation when we were making rounds that morning, but he was still taking very, very seriously Jesus' words on the cross. Forgive, because your relationships matter. Forgive, because living in bitterness will destroy you 
Forgive. Because living in judgment will destroy you. Forgive. Because when you refuse, and when you refuse to seek forgiveness as well, well, it'll just slowly eat away your soul, the soul of your family, and the soul of your community. It's easy to forget that at the heart of the word forgive is the word give. A gift given to you on the cross to make you whole again. Share that gift today. Amen.